all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. This is Southern Remedy for Women. I'm Karen Brown here with Dr. Michelle Owens, specialist in maternal fetal medicine and OBGYN at UMMC. Hello. Today's topic... Have you ever heard of this? Your dogs? You ever hear your feet referred to as your dogs? Yes, yes. Them dogs. Your footsies, your tootsies, your little piggies. Those dogs are barking. Here's my favorite, your kickstands. You ever heard that for your feet? Your kickstands. I've heard of kickstands. We are talking feet today. Podiatrist Stephanie Thomas is here. Hello. So let me give you the phone number because this is always a very popular show and we it's always hot. get a lot of calls. So go ahead and get in line. 1-877-MPB-RING. 1-877-672-7464. Or send an email to women at mpbonline.org. Dr. Owens, good morning. Good morning. You've been fighting the flu for weeks yes. now. And you know what? I'm afraid that the flu is trying to win. I say no. I'm telling you, it's really trying to claim me, and I'm say, I'm I'm giving it my my best, but man, it's killing me. And, and you had a flu shot. Is I that did. Right? I did have a flu shot. So I will tell. So for all the people who are out there listening who don't want the flu shot and who are, for, please get the dog on flu shot because the flu is no joke. It is horrible. It's horrible. Now they're going to wonder why. Why should I get the flu shot if Doctor Owens did it and got the flu anyway? Well, I didn't get the flu from the shot. I got the flu from the flu. And you know, the flu, so the flu doesn't mean that if you get the shot, it doesn't mean that you won't get the flu. But if you get the flu shot, it does protect you from the most common strains because it changes every year, which is why we have to get them every year. You know, mm-hmm. some vaccinations or some shots you only get ever so. I mean, every few years. Um, but the flu shot stays in order to keep it relevant and to provide the most protection. Um, it changes every year. And so they look at the, the strains that are most common and make a vaccine so that people actually get protection from the most common strains. Apparently, I got one of the uncommon strains. <laughs> um, but they do also say so. Also, if you have the flu shot and you get the flu, it's not supposed to be as bad as if you get the flu without the flu shot. And Dr. Owens, I I would think that rest is part of the recovery with flu, and I don't know if you've really been resting. The Uh, voice you hear is uh, Stephanie Thomas. She is our guest today. Yeah, Dr. Thomas, who (laughs) is the podiatrist, is now lecturing Dr. Owens about uh, flu, but that's okay. (laughs) And she's really trying to, you know, and it's funny because I think that's one of the things I love about this show is like we we try to give people good information, but there's also an honesty and transparency about, you know, the things that we've been able to share about our lives and how this, like, how health and wellness and the perception of those things is something that we, you know, fight for ourselves. And man, I'm telling you, this thing, it's, it's getting me. And you're right. I haven't been resting. I've been running just as much. And, um, and so I bumped into my primary care doctor today 
I actually tried to dodge her in the hall. <laughs> um, and she kind of looked at me and she's like, so you're not really well. And I don't really understand why you're here. And I kind of just put my head down and I was like, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, you're right. Rest is part of it. And I haven't done such a good job. So I'm not being a great patient right now. Um, we always hear that. Why is that doctors are the worst patients? Well, I don't know if it's all doctors, but I I do have to raise my hand on that one because there are times when I really struggle to be a good patient. And I, so, I mean, that helps me, I think, to understand even when my patients are struggling to be good patients with me. Um, because I think the, that some of those things are just part of our human condition. Um, but yeah, I have, I've kind of been running all over the place and I think that's probably why I'm, I've been, this thing's dragged out a little longer than necessary because I haven't really taken the time that I needed to take a nice bubble bath this weekend. Mm -hmm. Uh, Have your husband take the kids go somewhere (laughs) and you get the house to yourself for a while. Uh, okay, yeah, I'm okay, working Jody, on it. So you listening? listening, I know. So, so hopefully you're listening, and that was the prescription from like the uh, the that's the official Southern Remedy prescription there. Um, anybody else who wants to just come and take my kids so that I can have some time to rest to recuperate, just let me know. You know, send us an email or give us a call, and we will put your name in queue and. Um, Maybe they'll help me get over this quickly. But that being said, I do want to emphasize to people, um, flu season is here. I am living proof of that. Um, So please, 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 as best as you can, um, get the flu shot. Um, Protect yourself as as best you can. Absolutely, because this thing's horrible. It's horrible. As I I mentioned a few few minutes ago, Stephanie Thomas is our guest today. We're talking about feet. She is a podiatrist. This is one of our most popular topics. Is this what your third time or fourth time on with us? It's probably fourth because I, I think, think fourth, yeah, because yes. we because we've done two together and then one when I wasn't here. Um, and now you're back. Okay. Yeah, it's so, fourth so time. tell um, our listeners about yourself. Okay. Uh, as you mentioned, I'm a podiatrist, and a podiatrist basically is a physician who specializes in the care of the feet or tootsies and the, the other the phrases doctor. that you gave. Yes. Kickstand. <laughs> Kickstand. Um, as far as the foot is concerned, you guys have heard me on more than one occasion say that we ignore our feet a lot of times. We use them, we abuse them, and expect them to function at a moment's notice. Um, Women especially, I think, abuse them more than anything else because we love wearing cute shoes that we put our feet in just for fashion's sake, and it causes all kinds of problems. But No um, judgment. Yeah, there's no judgment. (laughs) Yeah, if you've heard heard Dr. Thomas before, you know that she picks on Dr. Owens for wearing high heels. Well, she's in in athletic shoes today. My foot gear today. Because you knew that, yes. All right. If you'd like to call with any kind of problem, whether it's fallen arches or or fasciitis or plantar fasciitis, I learned how to say that word. Are those bunions? Bunions, corns, hammer toe, whatever. Give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can also email women at mpbonline.org. I think I've asked you this each time, but this is a brand new show. So what is the most common foot problem for women? For women? For women, it probably would be bunions um, that I see in my practice. Uh, And a lot of that is because of the type of shoe gear that they wear. It doesn't cause the bunions, but it does create the symptoms. And And what is a bunion? A bunion is when the... The joint right below the big toe deviates and shifts, and it sticks out. 
and it causes pain when you're wearing certain shoes or even sometimes patients have pain without shoe gear. But women probably suffer more than others just because of the type of shoe gear they're wearing. I would say that would be the most common. Um, The second one, believe it or not, is plantar fasciitis. Um, We see a lot of that um, in the spring. It's almost comical. I can tell when everyone has joined a gym. They joined the gym in January, February. By March, they're in my office because they've started some new exercise regimen and they can't figure out why their heels hurt. Explain what that is. Plantar fasciitis is inflammation of a ligament on the bottom of the foot. Uh, Typically, it's caused by overuse or um, overuse syndrome or just doing some kind of activity without wearing the correct arch support. So... How did so we we talk a lot about um, having the appropriate gear when you do things when you do any physical activity if you're participating in a sport um, if you are riding bikes you want to make sure you have the right helmet and all this other stuff how do people go about um, finding the right shoes or finding the like thinking of first I guess first the first point is to think of your shoes as equipment so to speak and how do you go about finding the right ones for the different activities in your life so that you can kind of keep your feet happy and healthy well the first thing I tell patients and I'm gonna go back do you remember when we were younger how when you went to uh, to purchase shoes you had a shoe salesperson that looked at your foot and measured it and things of and that nature that and that little thing. silver right. thing yeah, yeah. whereas yeah. now you're kind of on your own and there's no there, that customer support is not there so that's one of the things I tell patients I say you know your foot does change size get it measured. And those those little gadgets are still in the store. Um, there are some shoe stores in our area that do a great job with assessing the foot and, and can look and see, watch how you walk. Some of the athletic shoe stores here will watch how you walk and see whether you're rolling in when you walk and are pronating, and then they can suggest certain shoes for you. So that's the uh, first thing. The other one, and this is probably my biggest pet peeve when I watch people do things, is that when they shop, they try on shoes and sit down. They sit, put the shoe on, look at it in that cute little mirror and see how it looks. Of course. But they don't stand up and walk around or they don't try on both. And so I said, well, that's like trying on a pair of pants and you just put in one leg and say, okay, it's great. You know, so, that's hilarious. I never really thought about so that. Way. I never quite understand that, but I see it a lot. And I'm like, you know, when I go to the shoe store, they probably think I'm a little anal, but I'm walking up and down and around with the shoes to see how they feel after I walk. My ex-husband them. wouldn't even try shoes on. He'd say I'm a size 10 and he'd pick them up and go. That's like, I think that's like a male shopping thing though. Cause for me, like, so I, I wanted to climb under the table when she said that because I totally do it. But what I do is I put my fat foot in the shoe okay. and I let like my little foot. I don't worry about that because I know that if the fat foot fits in the shoe Not and it's comfortable, you're then good. the shoes are okay. I didn't know you had a club foot, doctor. I, I, have, I have one bad. I have one really like one's big, but one's slightly larger than the other. And so and and I know that. That's kind of if I've had shoes where there's been a discrepancy in the way that my feet feel in the shoe, it's always that my what I call my little chunky foot, my chunky foot. Well, that's still good. She tries the chunky. Yeah, so All my right, chunky we need foot. To, we need to take our first problem. break, and we do have some callers waiting. Andy and Amy, hang on the phone. We're going to get to you as soon as we come back. Talking about feet today on Southern Remedy for Women here on MPB Think Radio.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. We're back, and thanks for listening to Southern Remedy for Women. I'm Karen Brown here with Dr. Michelle Owens and our special guest, Dr. Stephanie Thomas, who is a podiatrist. We're talking about your feet today, and we go right to the phones. Andy calling in from Memphis. Hi, Andy. How are you doing? Great. Thank you. What's your question? I was uh, recently diagnosed with uh, some plantar fasciitis. Okay. And I've done some, it's been about two months um, since I've been diagnosed. I had it for months and didn't realize exactly what was going on and just ignored it. Because I'd wake up in the morning and my foot would hurt, my feet would hurt, mm-hmm. you know, walk around and go away. Well, one day it, it just started it didn't go away. the entire day. Anyways. I was curious about things I could do to to um, to make it heal faster. Tell me what you're doing currently. Um, I bought some really good shoes okay. and put in some inserts and uh, started doing yoga three times a week and then just doing stretches every day um, well, in addition to the yoga. Okay. And it's helped a lot. Okay. Are you um, stretching your Achilles tendon as well as the plantar fascia? Yes. Okay, good. I would add, it sounds like you hadn't seen the physician, but maybe add some anti-inflammatories to it because sometimes even though you're stretching and you're um, wearing a more supportive shoe, there's still inflammation, and that needs to go away to get rid of the pain. So I don't know how inflamed it is because there could be some soft tissue swelling in the ligament itself. So you may need medication by mouth, and sometimes patients require cortisone injections just to get rid of the inflammation. The things you're doing are great as far as maintenance and prevention, but you may need a little bit more. Okay, that's great advice. I've been taking Advil uh, okay. a couple times a day, and that seems to help a little bit, but um, I, my doctor did not mention doing any kind of anti-inflammatory, but I will check with him, and maybe we can start that. Yeah, I, I think you may need something. I mean, Advil is a anti-inflammatory. You may need something a little bit stronger, or you may, like I said, require a cortisone injection. Um, if your family doctor, it sounds like you're talking to your family doc, see if he can give you a referral to a podiatrist. There are quite a few in the Memphis area. Okay. Thank Thanks, you. Andy. Uh, let me get the number out again. It is 877-MPB-RING. 877-672-7464 or send an email to women at mpbonline.org. Back to the phones. Amy calling in from Jackson. Good morning, Amy. Good morning. How can morning. we help you? I'm fine. Good. Go right ahead. Uh, I have a condition that was diagnosed about 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Promelialgia, and it is a condition where my extremities overcirculate. Okay. And it normally happens like afternoon, and my feet get very um, swollen and red. And sometimes it's only in certain portions of my feet. Sometimes it's only in one foot. It could just be a heel. It could be a whole foot or both feet. But it makes it very uncomfortable to work. And the only person that seemed to be able to know what it was was a rheumatologist, and he was very vague about any type of treatment options because he says the condition is so rare. I'm wondering if you've seen it and if you've heard of any new treatment options that would make it more comfortable to, to work during the day. Okay. Um, the condition itself, yes, I've heard of it. Um, I think I've only seen one case, 
And uh, a lot of times it is, it is the rheumatologist that ends up diagnosing um, the condition majority of the time. As far as the pain that you have, it sounds like you may have some uh, pain with it. Did the rheumatologist put you on any type of medication? Because sometimes you can have uh, neuropathic pain or, or pain with the nerves. Did he, I don't know if you're taking anything that could help. No, with the he, he said the only treatment option he's heard of is like you have to try this cocktail of antidepressants yeah. and that it has to be tailored for the individual. And you might go through several mixtures and several of course, uh, resulting uh, problems from the medication itself. Right. Uh, and so I didn't know if you'd heard of anything else. It's just fairly uncomfortable and kind of embarrassing, you know. Right. <laughs> the, you, we you really have haven't, you know, the, yeah. sad, the sad thing is when there's a rare condition, there's not much research uh, put into it. Um, right. So we really haven't, just like you say, you were diagnosed over 30 years ago and treatment right. really hasn't changed uh, since right. you were diagnosed. Um, with the whether you're doing the antidepressants or anything like that, similar way with the, when we treat um, peripheral neuropathy. But it, right. I'll be honest with you, if you've had it for 30 years, yeah, I don't even know if it's worth trying to be put on medication. As far as the embarrassment, or as far as the looks of it, um, yeah. you can cover it up. Um, what's the name of the makeup? There's a makeup dermablend that um, is sold at Dillard. I see you're in Jackson. If I'm not mistaken, it's in Dillard's in uh, North Park. Um, yeah. And you can use that just to cover the skin. So if you wanted to expose your legs or what have you, no one, I mean, it's a really good uh, cover-up. Like a cosmetic. Kind mm-hmm. of cosmetic thing, is, you know, as far as that's concerned. But if you've yeah. had it for 30 years, I I don't know if I would even bother taking any medication. Well, I, you know, I don't know if it's worth altering your yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. <laughs> yeah, a lot of times it's just treatment is just um, just symptomatic, just kind of treating your symptoms and trying to control the pain is really about all that that's out there. I was just looking and it says that there are two cases per 100,000 people. So yeah. it really is it's rare. Exceptional. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I appreciate your time today. <laughs> Tell me the name of that cosmetic again. It's called Derma Blend, and it's so, the, at least the last time I glanced at it, it was at Dillard's um, in North Park Mall. Thank you for your help. Amy, best of Absolutely. luck to you. Thanks Good for luck. calling. And we're going to stay on the phones. Chuck is calling in from Collierville, Tennessee. Hi, Chuck. How are you doing? Good Great. morning. Thank What's you your question? Call. Absolutely. Thanks for calling. Well, my condition is I think I had a TIA, not a full-blown stroke, but as a side effect, I ended up with drop foot instantly in my left foot to where I cannot retract my foot per se like you can, you know, how you can push down with your foot and you can raise back up. Mm-hmm. I don't have the raising back up of my foot. So but if I stand on my tiptoes and let the weight of my body, of course, it will... It will, my feet will go flat. Mm-hmm. But if I'm laying in bed or laying in, or sitting in a recliner and I'm just trying to push my foot down, I can push down, but it, I cannot retract it back up. So what is there anything you recommend that could get my foot fully functioning again? Um, two questions I have for you. When you, you mentioned the TIA, did you go to physical therapy afterwards? No, I did not. Okay, that's what I would recommend because... If there has been any neurological, if there's a neurological deficit or some kind of damage, we want to try to recoup that if possible. And I don't know how long this has been going on, um, but. About two years. Okay. 
two years, if it hasn't improved, um, it may not improve. However, um, if you're having problems with walking, like I don't know if you sometimes trip or you're dragging yeah. the foot, then uh-huh. what what you would need is to get your primary physician to order. There's a brace that you could wear. No one can tell that you're wearing it. It goes and it actually lifts your foot up for you because you need to do that in order to walk. And what I don't want you to do is fall. Uh, oh, yeah. So that's I've, something I've been that's... I've been a couple of times. Okay. Yeah. So that's something your your family doc can order for you or have them refer you to a physical... A, great physical therapist that could make that recommendation, but it's an ankle foot or orthosis and it goes around your, um, the bottom of the foot and around the ankle. You can wear it under slacks and you can wear it in a regular shoe. So no one would know, but it actually will lift your foot up for you. Okay. Chuck, thank you very much for your phone call. We're going to take our second break of the hour. The number to call, if you'd like to call in one eight seven seven mpb ring 877 877- Six seven two seven four six four, or send us an email women at mpbonline.org we'll be right back on MPB Think Radio This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back and thanks for listening to Southern Remedy for Women. I'm Karen Brown here with Dr. Michelle Owens and Dr. Stephanie Thomas. We're talking about feet today. We have a lot of questions and we have a new one coming in. Sharon's calling from Jackson. Hi, Sharon. Hi, how are you? We're doing great. Good morning. What's your question? Uh, Yes, a couple of years ago, I was diagnosed with a ganglion cyst on the joint of my big toe and went to a sports medicine doctor, and she was able to aspirate and, and drain that. Um, and it was fine for about a year or so. And um, I was uh, a runner and stopped doing the running because she said it was a, a repetitive motion kind of injury. And I was having some other issues, so decided to replace my running with an elliptical machine. And... Um, then when I started back with that, that joint started hurting again, and the cyst started to come back. So I was wondering if that's something that um, that happens a lot, or if I'll have to get it aspirated again, or if it's ever going to go away. <laughs> uh, cysts have a ganglion cyst in particular, if that's what you have. sounds like that's what it is. has a high reoccurrence rate. Um mm-hmm. Your doctor mentioned to change activity, which was good. I, what I don't know is if you had any type of arthritic changes around that joint. Um, if there's any bone spurring or anything around it, that may be what's causing the ganglion because it typically rides alongside a tendon. And if as you're moving and exercising, that tendon constantly rubs against that bone spur, it could trigger the cyst because aspirating it by itself does not... If you can think of a cyst as a balloon, and when you aspirate or drain it, the outside of the balloon or the sac is still present. So sometimes you have to actually surgically 
take the cyst out versus just aspirating it. Do they um, sometimes inject? Did you get an injection when you had that drainage? Did they um, drain the cyst and then inject it with like a, a steroid or something? Yeah. Hmm. I think it was. I don't. I don't remember her putting yeah. another needle in there other than the one that she drained it with. Sometimes, yes, we do. If it's if a patient is very symptomatic, I will give steroids. But if it's if it aspirates completely and it's flat. Um, putting a ganglion because she's it's two years later whatever number of years later um that yeah. this is a yeah that this is occurred i just think you're still getting some type of trauma and i will wonder what the bone itself um looks like and is that what's causing it to reoccur you can't easily get it um aspirated again because that's real easy uh done in the office and that may right. last and but ganglion cysts are real funny they are fickle i say sometimes they appear and and right when you're getting ready to um, aspirate or remove it, they disappear and never come back. There's no infection involved Not in the ganglion cyst? No. All no, right. and the first time that I had it, there was no pain involved either. But as soon as I started back with any kind of uh, exercise using my foot, um, it started hurting. So Yeah, that's why I wonder if there's something going on in the, around the joint itself. So, right. I so would I need to go back to that same doctor and, and speak with her or get an x-ray some other way? Um, I mean, that's typically that's strictly up to you. If you have a good relationship with that physician, definitely an x-ray will be in order to see what's going on with the bone. Okay. Thank you, Sharon. Okay, well, thank you. Thank I appreciate you it. Absolutely. Thanks for your call. We have an email. This is an interesting question. I recently purchased a new pair of shoes and I now have foot odor. I stopped wearing the shoes, but the odor hasn't gone away. I have never dealt with this issue before, so I don't know what to do. Any suggestions? Have you ever heard of that before? Can shoes cause foot odor? Unless the shoe had some kind of organism floating in it, you know, like a fungus, because, you know, you're enter at your own risk when you buy shoes. Um, but well, that I, just made me feel very yeah. uncomfortable. Well, <laughs> um, but the fact that the odor is still present, um, I don't know if you have a tendency to perspire quite a bit. I would recommend going uh, over the counter. There's a product called Certain Dry, D-R-I, that's sold at any um, Walmart, Walgreens, and it's where you get your deodorants and things, and it's it's targeted specifically for hyperhidrosis or people that perspire a lot in their hands and feet. It comes in a roll-on um, or a pad. You can try that to see if that's why there's a foot odor. If, that's the only thing I can think if of. there's is, something funky in the shoes or some kind of fungus or something, well, the thing would is, that get into your foot? Well, maybe if you... The problem, though, is she's the, um, the email saying just foot odor and nothing else. So I just wonder if they may have what I call hyperhidrosis and maybe they normally don't wear athletic shoes which made them sweat or perspire even more so. And, okay. Yeah. What's the name of the product again? Certain Dry. D-R-I. Yeah. So, um, and I, so I got sent a question that says, once you have plantar fasciitis, um, what do you recommend to keep it from coming back? So, because this is something that kind of wax, waxes and wanes, maybe, or maybe, Not, is it well, a relapse it de- remitting kind of thing? It depends on the cause. A lot of times when patients come in, I try to find out what the etiology, what triggered it, and then you can change behavior and know I can't get it again. The problem sometimes comes in patients that may wait two years and they don't know what triggered it. So what you try to do is uh, if they're 
calf muscles, for instance, are very tight, then stretching is going to be their norm. If they have a high arch, they're going to tend to have tightened Achilles tendons, which can trigger plantar fasciitis. So that's actually a, it really depends on the cause. And that's the, when they sit down with their physician, that's what we try to ascertain is what is the cause of it. So if I can get rid of the cause, you shouldn't repeat that behavior. It'll stay away. Let me give the phone number out again. It's one eight seven seven mpb ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can also send an email to women at mpbonline.org. Mamie is calling in from Okalona. Hi, Mamie. Hi. Hi. Good morning. What's your question? My question is um, I have thick toenails on my big toe on each foot, and there's a lot of this. Skin and at the end of each toenail on the side, there's a buildup of dead skin every time. It's it's painful when it builds up, and it's difficult to, you know, scrape off and get out. And um, I was wondering if there's anything I can do to uh, alleviate that. It sounds like you may have a condition called onychomycosis, or in layman's term, a fungal infection in your nails. Uh-huh. Um, have you had your... Uh, family physician look at it? No, I haven't. Okay, because you can uh, scrape all you want. You're not going to get rid of that fungal infection. There are some over-the-counter home remedies. Success rate is very low, but just from listening to the way it sounds uh, and you're having pain, I would recommend you see your family physician. There are some um, oral medication you could take by mouth. Then there's some new topical um, antifungal medication that has a decent success rate but i would go that route if i were you so you are um you are a foot specialist and i think for say for example for mamie uh, you because you've mentioned talking to the primary care doctors and i don't i don't there may be a lot of people in listening audience who don't know that they can talk to their primary care doctors about their feet but the other thing is say for example if you know they just had their appointment with their primary care doctor could somebody just can i just pick up the phone and call a podiatrist or would I need a referral? You would need a referral. Um, You can call a podiatrist. The uh, thing in Mississippi is there's a shortage of podiatrists. There are less than 50 in our state. So um, that's why you hear me say a lot of times, go to your family physician. But I will say this. If you're going to your family physician and they ask you, how is everything? Why not tell them about your foot as part of your body? So I, you know, if, if, if the take home message really would be show them everything. I think people don't think about that, though. I think I, I think we think about doctors like because it's the things that the, that we I guess we think that doctors really do like they take the stethoscope. They listen to our heart and lungs. You know, they press on our bellies. They might squeeze our calves. You know, they look in our eyes. They I tell agree. you, stick your tongue out. They I've never had my calves squeeze my doctor. <laughs> well, how I long has either. it been since you've been to a gynecologist? Because we are calf squeezers, buddy. We do. We, we squeeze those calves. Um, but, yeah, I think that a lot of times people forget or don't think about mentioning those kinds of complaints. And that's one of the reasons why I love having you here and I love doing a show about feet because I feel like it's one of those things Every almost everybody at some point in time has had an issue with their foot, but they don't always get it dealt with and they don't know who they can go to yeah. or who they can talk to about the things that are bothering them related to their feet. And well, you haven't said today what you always say when you come in, if your feet are hurting, that's not supposed to that's happen. That's not supposed to happen, right. You and, and not just whether they hurt or not, but any 
anything that's abnormal on you and is not your norm, someone should look at. Yeah, you know? your feet hurt, your back hurts, all of that stuff. You Maybe know? we hope that a prescription helps and it goes away. Thanks so much for your phone call. Oops, I cut her off. I'm sorry. I'm that sorry, Mimi. That was Karen's fault. Yeah, it's my fault. I'm just trigger happy on the button. All right, Tom, hello, calling from Carthage. How are you? Uh, good morning. I had a, uh, some questions about bunions. I know you've touched on it uh, earlier in the show, but are genetics involved in, uh, in bunion formation? Yes, and it once is. Once bunions begin to form, can that, can that be arrested? Or is there, and is there any way, uh, what, what can you do to correct bunions that are already uh, in place? Okay. The first part of your question is, is there a genetic component? The answer is yes. Uh, just like you can, um, people will say, you have your mom's eyes and your nose, you can have mom's feet. So <laughs> genetics is part of it. As far as whether you can arrest it, it depends on the cause of the bunion itself, and it depends on the type of uh, foot you have. There are some devices that um, I use in my office called orthotics, which are kind of a custom-made arch support. And what it does, it, it puts your foot in what we call a neutral position, so it doesn't go into that abnormal gait, which tends to cause bunions. Uh, so that's something you can do to arrest it. But once that bunion has started to occur and that bone has shifted um, there's there's nothing we can do to make it disappear. We can hold what you have, but we can't make it disappear. So you without... can stop it from progressing, yes. but you just you can't undo it. Can't undo it other than surgery. Unbunion. Far, yeah. Un, no unbunion. No unbunion. Yeah. Does that answer your question, sir? Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. What about corns? They're not bunions, right? They're no, but corns are caused because there's a uh, either a shoe that is too tight. Right. Mm. Um, or you have a contraction in your in the joint of the toe itself and the pressure of the ground force with the shoe rubbing against it creates the corn. So corns are bunion cousins. Yes, they're, they're calluses, right? They're, no, well, they're not. Okay. Corns are the hmm, corns are the term we use when it's on a toe. A callus would be on the bottom of the foot or anything. So that's the difference between the two phrases. But when you see it, it's always because of something. And I don't want to get too technical, but uh, more of a biomechanical. It's an abnormality in which you are walking. And there could be a problem with the bone. You may have one bone that's shifted up higher than the other. That's Do you recommend using silicic acid, that stuff? And the corn pads? No. Um, I've actually done several amputations because of that oh stuff. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, well, everybody's going to their dresser well, now and trying it in the garbage. I, and I'll say this. Let me stop before I say that yes. and, and get sued by someone, by the Dr. Show people. Um, <laughs> it does say in very fine print on there, do not use if you're diabetic or have right. circulatory problems. Indeed. So it does say that. And the reason why, it's an acid. So it eats away the skin. When you put it on a toe, for instance, you don't have a lot of fat on that toe. And so if you're using it, sometimes I've seen it not only got rid of the corn, but it took some tissue off that wasn't part of the corn and then they end up with an open wound. So that's what I end up getting a lot of times. And the whole point is that people who have diabetes may have altered sensation sensation in their feet. So like if you have a normal sensation in your feet, and here's the thing, some diabetics, if your feet are not being checked regularly, you won't notice until it gets more severe. So you can have altered sensation in your foot and you won't notice when this nice little corn pad is chomping down into your your bone or, you know, the other part, the other fleshy parts of your toe. Yeah. So 
All I'm right. not a huge fan, no. <laughs> time for our last break of the show. You still have plenty of time to call in at one eight seven seven mpb ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. If you'd prefer to send an email, her women at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back on Southern Remedy for Women here on MPB Think Radio. For me, something you call love. But confess, you've been a messin' where you shouldn't have been a messin'. And now someone else is getting all your best. These boots are made for walking, and that's just what they'll do. One of these days, these boots are gonna walk all over you. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. We're back on Southern Remedy for Women. Karen Brown here with Dr. Michelle Owens and Dr. Stephanie Thomas are talking about feet today. Here's an email that just came in. I'm on an aromatase inhibitor as part of my treatment for breast cancer. As a result, I have a lot of foot tenderness that is worse when I first stand up and gets better after I've been moving around for a few minutes. Is there anything I can do to help? At this point, stopping the medication is not an option. So um, aromatase inhibitors are um, actually one of the um, one of the great, I guess, um, benefits that we've seen um, with respect to medical therapy that's available um, for treatment of breast cancer. And for women who have receptor positive, and we've talked about breast cancer before, um, but receptor positive um, breast cancer, and if they are also postmenopausal then they are um, candidates for aromatase inhibitor therapy. And um, so as with most medications, we always say they're, the, the point is that there are good effects, but there are also some side effects. And um, one of the things that we know that aromatase inhibitors do is um, one of the side effects can be joint and muscular pain. Um, and so it can be related to the joint, or it can be actually related to the muscles. Um, and that can happen in, you know, anywhere in the body, but the places that it's most common um, can be in the hands and the wrists, and basically in your extremities, your, your feet and your ankles, your knees, but it can also sometimes occur in the back as well. Um, you know, it's kind of difficult, like she said, not being on the medicines, not um, an option. And if you have an opportunity to, you know, extend your life and to be cancer free, um, then, you know, I guess that's what you choose. You and put that's up with the side kinda, effects. Well, yeah. One of the things that I just thought of that she may be able to do, there's a topical inset um, that she may be able to use just to rub on the area that she, because it could, is her feet today, maybe her hands, like you mentioned tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, she could try that and see if that will help with the symptoms. Uh, and a lot of times doctors will prescribe if, if patients are experiencing this, then one of the things that we do is try to work on treatment of their pain or relieving the, um, the, the discomfort. And so 
it's not uncommon for NSAIDs to be utilized. Um, but some of the other modalities, some other complementary types of, of medicine. So um, going back to Jerusha and acupuncture and exploring some other opportunities might be able to give you relief. And I mean, you know, when uh, Dr. Brown was sitting in on the show once when Jerusha Stevens, the acupuncturist, was here and she actually you know, performed acupuncture and inserted some of those little needles into her foot to kind of help with some of the discomfort she was having. So that special exercises, depending on what it is or where it is that you're affected, may also be helpful as well. All right. Yolanda, thank you for that email. Absolutely. And, and we hope you feel better. Mm-hmm. Sonia is calling in from Bruce, little town of Bruce. Hi, Sonia. Hey, love. How are you? Very good. Doing great. What's your good. question? Well, I have a question. Um, I have a pretty serious um, bunion with hammer toe, okay. beginnings of hammer toe. What are the problems in waiting uh, before surgery? There are absolutely Please. no problems because this is what we consider a elective surgery. So you would be the one in charge of determining when you're ready. It's similar to if you've um, heard of people needing a knee replacement or a hip replacement or anything like that. So you're not going to hurt anything by waiting. If you're not having any pain, um, I mean, you could leave this earth with that bunion and hammer toe. So there's no, there's no, um, even though I'm having a little nerve in little in 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 couple of the toes, maybe on the bottom, there's a little nerve tingling because I guess of the um it depend if your toes are very contracted, it still won't cause damage. Right. So okay. that, that yeah, that's going to be the key. It's it okay. um if some right used to wear exactly, <laughs> and if it gets to the point where it is uncomfortable for you, then definitely get you know consult yeah. someone. But as far as it damaging or causing further damage, it won't do that. Okay, so if if the and I may be asking too many questions here, but if the big toe is really kind of going up toward the inside, mm-hmm. and the next toe is kind of beginning Crossing to cross over. over, I understand that, but. So when when the surgery is performed, will it get that bun, will, will that be corrected and it'll look like a normal foot again, or is you still must still have a big? No, you the the point of having the surgery is not just for you to have pain relief, but you do get cosmetic improvement as well. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. What's the normal or average cost? Do you mind me asking? Are you? Cost. It, well, yeah. Cost, yeah. <laughs> when it comes <laughs> when it comes to cost, if you have insurance, you know, doctors are a little bit different. Um, we are in uh, the insurance companies kind of dictate how much we get reimbursed. So it really would depend on the type of procedure that you're having done. Um, right. So that's a hard one for me to just give you a, yeah. a ballpark figure. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Well, good luck, Sonia. Thank you so much for your phone call. We have Thank one you. more call to take this hour, and that's Vicki calling in from Nettleton. Hi, Vicki. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Great. Thanks uh, for calling. I have, I'm having pain on the top of my feet. Uh, it started maybe four weeks ago. Um, the more I'm on my feet, the worse it hurts. A little variation if I wear different types of shoes, but they it still hurts uh, either, either way. Uh, I have an appointment, I'm a veteran, so I have an appointment with the VA clinic in Memphis uh, next week. So I was wondering not only what you thought might be causing it, but what are questions I need to ask them or, or you know, when I, when I go on that, on that visit. 
Okay. In terms of the pain, can you describe pain? Is it uh, achy pain, tingling, burning? Describe it for me. It it it's almost gone unless I'm standing or I move my feet. It's it's just a little bit of an ache in them. Um, but when I stand, when I move my feet, it's it's like um, a, a stabbing pain. Okay. In, it. um, in both of them. The fact, right one might be a little worse. The fact that they're happening in both, you know, they're most likely they're going to get x-rays to see what's going on. Do you have any other issues elsewhere, like lower back or hip problems? Yeah, I've got a, my right my right hip. Um, I had a, a car accident in July, and my right hip is bothering me. I, I had some injections. I, I, what is that? Uh, sciatic nerve. This, okay, so mm-hmm. you have some sciatica. Because some of this may be related um, to that. So whoever you're seeing, make sure you mention all of the regarding your car accident and the fact that you've had uh, injections in that hip. Because my concern, since it just started a month ago and it's both feet and there's no trauma, if it's really coming from somewhere else. Okay, so it could could be some type of problem with a nerve and and that's just where I'm feeling it. Correct, because the nerve, the sciatic nerve, a lot of times patients will have symptoms in their feet. Okay, all right. Well, thank you. I've, I'd had people ask me if I were if I was diabetic, and I'm, I'm like, no, <laughs> you know. Well, thank I, you, Vicki. I have not even thought about that, so thank you. I'll make sure to, to tell them about my, my car accident. Okay, yeah, make sure you do that. Good. Thanks for your call, Vicki. I, I do want to mention or ask about surgery before um, the show ends, and that's when you get surgery on your toes, if they're crossing over, if you have hammer toe, is it the tendon? What's being operated on? What's being done in surgery to your toes? Um, the tendon and bone. So if you're having a, you mentioned a corn, so uh, that's a hammer toe to form another toe is contracted. Part of the joint is removed. Uh, the tendon is cut and repositioned. Um, well, that sounds, it actually, it's not that bad. How Um, long is recovery for something like that? Not bad. I mean, four weeks you're in a surgical shoe and I can get you in a tennis shoe in four to six weeks. Well, we're talking about, and talking about bunions. So that's kind of what, so, so the good part is that you get your bunion fixed. Mm -hmm. Um, they can re. It can recur after surgery. Yes. Can you rebunion? We know we can't unbunion, but can we rebunion? <laughs> you shouldn't rebunion. This is very important. It depends on the type of procedure that was done, okay, and what the patient does afterwards. You know, a lot of it has to do with what caused it in the first mm-hmm. place. So I have some patients, I mentioned the word orthotics or custom arch supports. There are some patients after surgery where I recommend an orthotic to maintain what we've created so that it doesn't unbunion. Is that the word? So we don't rebunion. Rebunion, excuse me. <laughs> rebunion. <laughs> um, so that's typically what you do. But most patients, I mean, that's not something that you would have to do over again. I got you. All that's right. good. That's the end of our show today. Dr. Right. Stephanie Thomas, thank you very much for coming in. 
Thank you. Southern Remedy for Women is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio. It is funded in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and by generous support from the members of the Foundation for Public Broadcasting in Mississippi. Today's show was engineered by Jay White. Jay White was also our call screener. He was a busy guy. For Dr. Michelle Owens, I'm Karen Brown. I hope you'll join us next Friday at 11 for Southern Remedy for Women. And stay tuned. MBR's Here and Now is next on MPB Think Radio. Get on your feet.